Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Inner Puzzle, a weekly podcast helping you put the pieces together to the beautiful puzzle that is your life. Featuring the stories of survivors to motivate and empower you through your own healing journey. Sharing resources and methods to help you get through life's darkest times. You can overcome your fears and heal your wounds. So they aren't passed down to your loved ones. And we're here to help. I am Paola Byron, four-time Emmy Award winning journalist, executive producer, and host of this podcast. Let's begin. On the previous episode, we shared the story of Jorday Salguedo, who experienced stillbirth with her first child. Jorday recounts her journey with therapy and finally going into the process of healing. We last left off when she was in labor and on the way to the hospital. And in this episode, Jorday shares how her motherly instinct told her something was wrong months before her due date. I had a dream... I think I was already five months pregnant at the time, and I had a dream that I, there was a blue tent in front of me, and the doctor, um, like, there was blood all over the floor, and they were telling me that, like, the baby didn't make it. I'm like, no, you're lying, you're lying. Like, where's my son? Where's my son? And, and I woke up from the dream, and I never wanted to tell anybody, you know, because in my head, I thought those were just fears of mine, you know, but... Something always told me that something was going to happen. I just never knew what it was. And it could have been maybe the, that dream told me and I didn't want to believe it, you know. And especially as a mom, like we weren't connected specifically because I, as since I was going through my motherhood journey, I could not handle the idea of having a conversation with you about you losing your son and me being pregnant. Yes. And feeling everything you feel because I'm aside from me being a mom I understand and I can uh, sympathize with your pain but aside from that I'm a person who's very empathetic like I'm that that's what we call an empath someone who really feels other people's energies and their emotions and I know that if during my pregnancy if I had spoken to Jordae once I would not stop thinking about her and about what she had gone through so I, I can I mean your feelings you know, they're never wrong, especially when you're a mom, so. Yes, and, you know, it's crazy, <sighs> like, it's funny that you say that because there's certain moms that, like, they truly are, like, I don't know what they mean by, like, a mom's intuition, like, like, you know, there's some people that maybe, maybe they're not in touch with their spirituality, their higher selves, their intuition, whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever it is that you believe in. But some moms don't have that, I think. And it's crazy to me, like, or they don't really believe in that. They're just like, no, I mean, I think things just happen. Like, you know, for I've some had conversa- people, I think it's for some people, it, it comes in um, at random times yeah. in their lives. So, like, for example, maybe there is that possibility that you're a mom and you don't feel it. Like, you know, right. we know about, like, 
serial killers who are moms. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> That's so true. Oh uh, or, you know, people who are psychopaths. You know, like, yeah. this exists. This is yeah. the reality, with you know, the world that we live in. Um, so there is that possibility that you, you're not in touch with that mother instinct. Like, it's not mm-hmm. natural for them. Um, but I do also know the possibility of being in touch with that um, intuition at different phases of your motherhood journey. So maybe it's like later on, like maybe years after, maybe it's at the very beginning of toddler stage, or Mm -hmm. maybe it's right after postpartum, or maybe it's during your pregnancy, like you and I had experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. That that's true. You know, I mean, that's true. Everybody is different and some people probably get that or build that at a certain time, depending, you know, Um, but then I had this second dream too, where like, I wasn't able to hold my child, like in that dream, like they're telling, I was just telling everybody in the house, like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? Like no one wanted to give him to me. So I'm like, okay, like this is the second dream. Like what the fuck is going to happen? Because like, you know, I'm just going to pray and hope that nothing wrong goes, you know, nothing happens. Right. Cause we always try to hope for the best, but Um, so when I'm at the hospital, well, when we were on the way to the hospital, like I said, I told you, like, I look back at that moment and I knew that moment, my son's heart stopped. It must've, he must've stopped right there because there was like a pain of sadness that just came over me. Mateo was like, why are you crying? And I said, I don't know. I think I'm just scared. That's all I said. I mean, of course, it's my first baby. It's my first pregnancy. I'm scared. I'm about to hit labor. Like, I don't know what I'm going to, you know, because nobody knows what that's like until they experience it. No one can tell you what it's like either. You know yeah, what I'm like, saying? Yeah, I mean, like when I was in labor, I was I was kind of thinking, trying not to think about me like bleeding out or like me dying <laughs> or me. I know. Um, you know, having know. having so much pain that I just pass out. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to think about these things, but then then you know you have a contraction and so you just you know yeah and then and then even when you like I don't know if you went through this but like as I got closer to like the end of the pregnancy like I was freaking I was for real psyching myself out sometimes I'm like oh my god what does that feel like oh my god like what's gonna happen like because you don't know you know and like you know I actually and I asked we had the classes so I I did my I was pregnant during the um the pandemic era so a lot of the things were very uh, much virtual. Oh. And so I did take classes uh, with a program called Tiny Hood. And I, I asked JC, my husband, to look into the classes as well so he can be informed. And that was actually really helpful because they gave me like every possible scenario. Of, oh, that's good. Of everything that could possibly happen. Um, but, you know, I, I also wanted to be like, no, I'm not going to have epidural. Like, you know, I'm going to really hold Me on too. to the pain. Me too. <laughs> By like six hours in, I think it was like 6 p.m. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. Like I, I had the first um, yeah. uh, Pitocin, um, which is a pill to induce your, your labor. Um, uh-huh. By like nine, I was like, no, I got this. This is like period cramps. Don't worry about it. Right. By 12 a.m. I was like, yeah, epidural. So, dude, I know, like, yeah. um, <laughs> so like <laughs> towards the end, I'm freaking myself out. And yeah. I would ask moms, like I asked my mom and my mom was like, I, oh, it was so long ago. Like, I can't even tell Oh you. my God. Like, I hate that. I'm like, mom, <laughs> like you've had three kids. How do you not remember? And like, you know, it's a real thing. Like, I don't know about you, Paola, but Maybe because mine was traumatic, there's just certain things that your brain blocks out. And going through labor already is trauma to the body, mm-hmm. whether the baby lives or not. It's well, trauma, birth, right? Birth, birth, C-section. Yes. Yeah, it's, all, it's all of traumatic. that is trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my, I cannot remember. I mean, I can tell you right now, I do not remember my labor pains. Like, I don't know. I know I was in pain, but I don't remember what they were like. like I remember glimpse. I don't remember. Um, there's like a time frame where I like right close to delivery that I just. You don't know, right? I was not here. Yeah. Yeah. I know because I spoke about this with my sister-in-law um, about that specific time. She said the same with like towards the end, like you don't really remember. 
But okay, so we're sorry, guys. <laughs> Let's get keep on track. So uh, we get to the hospital. Ugh, the worst day of my life, seriously. Yeah. Um, we take they take me down to the wheelchair. They take me on a wheelchair. They take me to like you know the delivery area, and they have to like put the little baby heartbeat monitor on my stomach, and then like they're they're like they don't hear anything, and I'm over here like great there's this is it like I knew like I knew in my heart this is it like uh. something's going on something's wrong they're like okay um can you lay right here uh we're gonna do a sonogram right now so like they're going to the sonogram and they're looking and they're like I'm like okay what's going on like you know now I'm getting mad because no one's fucking talking yeah like you know and everyone's just quiets me Mateo and my mom in the room and the nurse said, I'm going to go get another nurse um, just because, like, I ne- we need to double check something. And I was like, okay. So they grab the other nurse. She comes in, and she's like, we can't find a heartbeat. And I'm like, well, he's there. Like, maybe it's his positioning. Like, you know, like, how do you not find the heartbeat? Like, he's already a full-grown baby now. Like, it's not, like, three months. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then they're like looking, looking, and then that's it. I just start bursting into tears. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, I know this is it. Like this is it. Like my son is not gonna, he's not alive. And they're like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. Like there is no heartbeat. Like we've checked multiple times. Like, and I'm not gonna lie to you. Like the first few hours, I was in denial. Like me and Mateo were in denial. Like I'm gonna cry right now because. I really thought they were crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to believe it. So, and the and the reason I say that is because when they told me there was no heartbeat, the first thing I remember is I, I can relive this day every any day. Like if I want to go back there, I remember every detail. Yeah, uh, it's like I, my pseudo seizures. I, I, yes. I, I remember my first episode to the team. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? And usually, sometimes people actually don't remember. Mm-hmm. It depends on the person. It's and a situation. it's a, a defense mechanism the body does for okay. survivor for sur- survival. It's like flight or, or fight mode. Okay, yes, I've heard of this. Um, but you know, and I, they tell me there's no heartbeat, and I literally just turn to Mateo and I hug him, and I can remember, I hug him and I like, I'm like, I hope this doesn't tear us apart. Like, that's all I, I, that's, that's all I wanted in the moment. I was just like, I just, that's the first thing I told him. And he was like, he looked at me. He's like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm not going anywhere. And like, he just hugged me. And then I hugged my mom and I just started crying. And then I remember like going, they're like, okay, well, you still have to labor the baby. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, like, just take him out. Like, that's what I said. I was, I was like, just take him out. Like, just take him out. I don't want, and I don't want to see him. Like, oh. I said that. I said, I was like, I don't want to see him. And I feel bad saying it out loud. But I'm going to tell you the reality because that is the truth, you know? Like, no one ever uncovers truth sometimes. You're so angry at this point. Yeah, I'm like, I don't. And then the lady was like, but your doctor had told me that she was, re- that you really wanted to push for natural so let's try to stick to the birth plan because um, we don't want you to suffer longer uh, after the pregnancy. Like, and I was like, in my head at the moment, I didn't know what she meant by that, right? Now I get it. Like after I had the baby, I understand why. They didn't want me to suffer because the C-section recovery is so much longer than a natural birth. Mm-hmm. That's why. And you're already dealing with, like, grieving your child. So, like, your body's going to take even longer to heal, right? So, the, they, they take me to a room, and I'm in the room, like, literally having now contract. Contractions started hitting, like, like, no other once my body knew what was happening. Isn't that weird? My body knew... Now, what's going on? So contractions started going, like, off. I hadn't had... My water broke, and I didn't have any contractions. Like, I was chilling. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, I was, like, having cramps. Like, that's what it felt like, period cramps at at that time. Um, 
then I was being able to handle that pain. But contractions started coming in so hard. Like after they told me the news, it was crazy. Like the body just instantly knew what was going on. Were you allowed to have epidural? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I didn't want epidural cause I was like, I think I can handle the pain. Like, you know, yeah. at first I was like, whatever, like I'm gonna just deal with it. Um, and then my doctor comes in and my doctor, this is the crazy part of the story too. Ready? That's why sometimes I feel like this experience was also a spiritual experience in my life. Like I had to go through this for, for a greater being of something, because what are the odds that my doctor went through the same thing two years ago? How did I pick that doctor? Without you know knowing. Without knowing. Like, so she's already went through this herself. Wow. Um, so my doctor comes in. There are people placed in our lives for yes. seasons and for moments. And yes, Paola, like yeah. for real. That's, like, wow. And, and, my doctor comes in and she just gives me a hug and she's like crying and she's like, I know your pain. I went through this two years ago. It was my son. It was my second son. So I had my firstborn, but it was my second son and I had a stillbirth and I had to try to deliver him natural. And she's like, I know this is hard, but I need you to try to deliver him natural because I don't want you to suffer the pain that's going to come when you go home. And I was like, and that's where I was like, okay, let me just like listen to her. She's been through this, you know, she kind of helped calm me down. And then she's like, uh, how, how important it is for other people who've gone through certain experiences to share that. Yes. Yes. And I was, it was so weird, Paola, because also, I know this is weird, but my whole labor, so I was in labor for 24 hours, and everybody that had come in to help me, the nurses, well, mind you, they stuck to my rule. I said I only wanted women. So prior to me having a the, the going through labor, that's something that I had discussed with my doctor because she had asked me if I had, like, wanted particularly women or fem- like male or female um, when I was going to be in labor at the hospital. And I had said female. And the reason I said female was because who greater than another woman? Because women bring, you know, other humans into this world, right? Like we all birth. Um, I mean, not all of us. Some of us can't have kids. But, um, but you know, like I feel like women have having a motherly instinct and I just wanted to be surrounded by women right for my labor and they were very strict on that rule which shout out to that hospital and all the women that helped me that day my doctor by the way her name is Carla E. McGuire hands down the best doctor I've ever known in my life she was amazing um and So, so she was very strict with everyone that was there that everyone had to be a female, whoever, uh, had helped me throughout my labor that whole, actually that whole week I was there for 10 days and I'll explain to you why. Dream Um, after birth? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you why after, but, um, I, and it was by choice too, but I'll explain after. So, um, so whatever. So my doctor came in, she tells me this, we have a moment. She cries. I cry. Um, and then, and then she asked me, it's like, do you want to put an epidural? Because, um, you know, it's, it's totally up to you. Like, I know you were going to try to do everything natural, but, um, it's up to you. And I was like, well, what should, and then, you know, I'm in a moment of, I don't know. I just want, I just want this to be over with. Like, I just want the baby out of me. Like, and that's what's going on in my head at the moment. Okay. Like, I just want this to be over. And, and my doctor was like, okay. If you do you want my opinion? And I said, Yes, please, like tell me what do you think I should do? Like she's like, I think you should get the epidural because why put yourself already to so much more pain than you have to due to the circumstance? You know? And I was like, She's like, You're already hurt. You're like the new like what's about to happen is gonna be very painful. So why are you gonna put yourself through so much more pain? Just get the epidural and like write it out. And I was like, okay. So I got the epidural. 
and the one male I'm sorry I love men but like the one male that helped fucked up (laughs) I know this is hilarious but they brought in the guy that puts in the 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 epidural okay and he fucked up (laughs) Jesus so to make the situation worse guess what happens um he comes in he's injecting my back my spine whatever and and then he's like oh I, I don't I don't like I'm like what happened like did you not put it right like you know yeah, I'm over here mad, freaking you're out angry. yeah like and the guy yeah. is like uh like well um like and then uh, a doctor comes in the doctor she's like you need to let her go through each contraction calmly do not talk to her when she's in a contraction and he's like, okay. And then he had to explain to me that he had to do like another like injection or something like that. I don't remember. I'm not all there. Whatever. I was like, okay, that's fine. Just go. So he does it. The epidural didn't work on one side of my body. So on the left side of my body, I, I could feel contractions. On the right side of my body, it was numb. So it didn't fully work. So I was like in this very strange like pain and then my my leg was cramping and like it was just very strange. My blood pressure was going up, like everything was going wrong. Um and then uh because he didn't put it right, I guess. He didn't put it correctly. And then like thankfully like all the nurses that were coming in that were helping me throughout my labor like they were on point and then like one went and got the the guy again to re to re like put Insert, in the epidural yeah. yeah so like we did it boom and then like it kicked in and then um but like for like 6 hours my whole other side wasn't working right so like then the other 6 hours it was and then whatever um so my whole labor in total was 24 hours and then every woman that came in like Dude, it was so, I don't even know why I was asking this question, Paola. It was very strange. But, you know, like, I was in another world. I was in another, I don't know what you call that, another energy field of something throughout that whole 24 hours. Um, every nurse that came in, I would, like, ask them their birthday, which was very strange. Mind you, I'm, like, in the middle of, like, pain and all this. My doctor's birthday is, like, February 10th you know me and my my I believe in this stuff but my doctor's birthday was February 10th the nurse was like February 6th the other doctor that came in for the overnight was like February 1st she had my dad's birthday another nurse was April 20th she had my sister's birthday um Jordan, had, February is is important because Jordan was born in February oh yes thank you Paula <laughs> yeah my birthday is February 2nd but everybody that was coming in to help me it was like, it was like you. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. All these women, and I'm like, this is crazy. I don't know what's going on. It's like happened. an outer experience. Yes, outer, yes. Outer body experience where it's like you yourself are helping you, but it's in other bodies. I, I mean, I, I don't know yes. how best to explain that, but that's what I'm understanding. That's what I felt. Yeah. Yes, and um, and yeah, so. I just wanted to say that because I thought that that was strange. Like, why am I asking people their birthdays in the middle of like this whole stillbirth? Mm, it was issue for you to I'm know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was going on. And then, um, and then, okay, boom, 24 hours happens. And then now they're getting concerned about me because I guess like, uh, my blood pressure was going really high yeah. and like something was going to happen. Like it could be dangerous. And then I can be prone to like, also like infection and like, they they were like so Mateo was with me the whole time by the way right next to me the man didn't sleep either he's like if you're suffering I'm suffering with you and I'm not going anywhere he was holding my hand the whole time like the whole night I'm like squeezing like like this and like like dying like this and then I'm I'm like on Benadryl they put me in Benadryl because they're like okay let's put her to sleep because in case she delivers in the morning you know so she's rested so they gave me Benadryl but I'm having contractions the whole night. And I'm just holding his hand, like, and, um, 
then my mom was coming in and out. My mom was freaking out. Every time she thought something was wrong with me, she'd go and grab a nurse and like bring her in. Like my mom was on panic mode. Um, my aunt came like, dude, everybody flew in. Like all my aunts came in, like every woman in my family came like it. This was another experience that showed me how strong and how much women can come together to empower each other. You know? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. No. And so, like every woman in my family showed up. Um, I can tell you right now. I have a picture of all of us too with the baby. It was like nine of us, I think. Wow. Um, and then, and then, um, so the C-section happens. Oh, okay. So it's, it's 9 a.m. now, the next day, and the doctor comes in and they're like, okay, well, she's not dilating at all. Like, she is not dilating. And it could be because, number one, the baby's not alive. Or number two is literally because her body is reluctant to the situation and she's not dilating, you know, because her body's in shock. So um, we're going to have to, like, give her a C-section or she can keep fighting, you know. Uh, and Mateo was like, no, give her a C-section. Like, I don't want her suffering anymore. Like, she's already suffered enough. I don't even know why we went this long. Like, you know, and... And my mom was here like, Mateo, are you sure? Like, I know it's better. The doctor said she should try to have it natural. And, and then Mateo was like, well, then bring in the doctor. Like, where is she? Like, they're like, okay, the doctor's going to be here like in an hour or something. So the doctor comes and she kind of advised me. She's like, because at the pace that we're moving, like, I, I would just go with a C-section because you're not dilating and I don't want you to suffer anymore. And I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Like, you know? And... So whatever, we go and mind you, side, side note, I had become really close friends with a mom who went through a, to, through a stillbirth three months after. Um, which was my therapy my first year. I forgot to mention this. I had communicated with a lot of moms who had gone through stillbirth because I publicly announced what happened to me three days after the baby had passed away because I didn't want people to ask me in person, right? One of the moms became really close with me. I, I talked to her a lot, actually. Her name's Bianca. And the reason I'm mentioning her is because she was in labor for three days, 72 hours. And the reason why was because, and she said it, she told me, she's like, I didn't want to live. If my daughter wasn't going to make it, I wasn't going to make it either. Oh, my God. She's like, if my daughter was not going to be alive, I didn't want to be alive. Yeah. So I wanted to mention that because I know sometimes moms, when they're in a situation like this, they don't want to live, right? You're in, in another state when you're in labor. And my friend Bianca, she didn't, she was, she wanted to fight it through, you know, she was like, I don't care if I die because my daughter's not going to live. So I'm going to go with her. And in my circumstance, I was like thinking differently. Right. I was like, no, I want my son to just get out of my body. And I want to live with like, my hope was Mateo in that moment. Like I'm living for him now because like, I have nothing else, you know? And so, like, 
after, so when we decided to do the C-section, like Mateo was like, no, I don't want her suffering anymore. Let's go now. Like I want this done. So my doctor went and got the surgeon and the surgeon comes in and then, you know, they do everything. They're prepping my body. They take me into the room and when they're prepping me, um, so there was only like one person is allowed to go inside with you for a C-section and obviously it's Mateo. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, my mom, Porecita, she was freaking out the whole time. And, like, she's like, is she going to be okay? Like, well, you know, she's scared because now she's scared of losing me. You know, because, like, there were so many things going wrong. They're like, we don't want anything to happen to your daughter, so we have to do the C-section, yeah. okay? So, um, so whatever. I go inside, and they're prepping my body, and then they like, injecting my legs. And then, like, they have to make sure that I don't feel anything on my legs. But I'm awake. Like, I'm aware the whole time. Yeah. I don't get put to sleep or anything like that. Um, so they're poking my legs and I'm like, no, I still feel that. I still feel that. So they have to like make sure until I don't feel my like legs anymore. And then that's when like, it's so crazy. Then they have to like lift my body, move me onto this table. Like it's so weird. It's like, I'm just like a piece of like, meat. I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm just a piece of meat that they're just moving over. Like it was just weird. Um, and then... Mateo, they finally bring him. The whole time I was freaking out. I was like, where's Mateo? Where's Mateo? Like, I remember I was just asking for him the whole time because, like, I was scared, you know? Like, I don't want to be in there by myself. And then, like, they finally bring him in, and he's sitting next to me. And then, like my dream, you know, they put the blue curtain. And now I'm a little bit high on, like, something, right? They, they give you something... A drug, to, yeah. Like, yeah, some type of drug to keep you yeah. a little bit, like, loopy, I guess, so you don't feel anything. But I remember everything. And the whole time, I'm just telling Mateo, oh, my God, this is my dream. I knew this was going to happen. Oh, my God. And, like, and then Mateo is, like, just holding my hand and, like, you know, he's here trying to comfort me and, like, he's also falling apart so then I see them. They took out the baby. Girl, my heart stopped. Like, I saw them place him down, like, and, and like, they're cleaning him. Like, they're wiping him. And, like, I just remember, like, looking to, like, the left side. And Mateo, I'm like, Mateo, the baby's behind you. Like, he looks just like my dream. Like, everything is just so weird. Like, it's all happening again. And he's like, don't worry. And then... But you know what's weird? Like, I was having a freak-out moment, but I was also so happy to see him. Like, I just wanted to hold my son. Like, and I was like, where is, like, I just want to hold him. Like, that's all, like, I remember saying, like, I, I just want to hold him. And then, like, they gave him to me, and, like, I held him, and I hugged him. And, like, I was, like, happy, even though it was a sad moment because, like, I got to finally see him. And, like, you know, Mateo held him. We, we, we spent time with the baby, and, like, he looked just like Mateo. And it's crazy because they warned, and they warned me, too. They warned me, um, they warned me about this. They were like, you know, sometimes the babies, like, don't look normal. But our son looked normal. He just was sleeping. Um, but they had warned me that they don't always look normal when they're you know yeah take it out but he looked normal he looked like he was just sleeping um and then th then like they took him and then like they brought me into a room and they took me out of the 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 delivery areas because they said that they didn't want me to hear babies crying um and I remember yeah that kind of was weird to me um, because I wanted to be in that area, right? Like, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I want to be in that area. Like, I just went through what I went through. Like, I want to be in the area, too, with, like, the moms. And, like, they're like, no, just trust me. Like, mind you, I had an angel with me the whole time. Her name was Gigi. She's a nurse at um, Jackson Memorial, amazing woman. She was also, I think, a Buddhist, and she was guiding me the whole night through my labor. And she told me, you need to hold your son. She's the one who told me, you need to hold your son. You need to name your son and you're going to have time with your son because that is your son. And she was the one who convinced me to hold him because I didn't want to. 
at first. Um, so I ended up like, uh, I ended up that, that is why I did what I did. You know, I spent time with him in the room and my, my, all my aunts came and my mom was there, my grandmother there, everybody held the baby. Like it was a very emotional situation and everyone was there. And then like, then everyone gave me time alone with Mateo and the baby. It was just me, Mateo and the baby. And we took pictures with him and it's weird, no? Like, like a situation like that. And I know, I remember speaking to moms that they were like, no, I, I didn't want to take pictures. I didn't even think about taking pictures and they regretted that they didn't. They also got footprints of him and like, you know, that clay, they like did that. And I don't know how my mom did this, but like, I guess you can choose or I don't know if someone has to be there when they cremate the body, but my mom and my aunt were in the room and I don't know. I mean, like my mom is hurt. Like I know she still grieves her grandson and that was something that they both went through my aunt and my mom and they did that for me, you know? Yeah. It's like with my, my dad, uh, when he passed away, I was the next of kin. So I was asked what to do with his organs And I, you know, I get this call and over the phone, they start talking, okay, are you okay with giving his liver? Are you okay with giving his, you know, his bone marrow, all those things in detail. And when they got to the part where they were like, um, are you okay with donating his eyes? I told my mom, I can't answer. And the reason why I couldn't answer is because one, it's like you're breaking down this whole human. And then the second thing is, is that for me, my eyes, um, they're very much like my dad's eyes. And then my dad has these beautiful hazel eyes that, you know, it was like his feature. Like it was like when you look at my dad, it was like, oh, those tiger eyes, you know, it was very um, particular to him. And so oh God, when they asked so cool. when they asked me that, I told my mom, I, I can't continue this call. You know, so she she's the one that because that's like a part of you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's crazy crazy i can't even so i can i can imagine that maybe for my mom that process might have been a little bit um difficult but for me i i was like uh just say yes to everything i'm okay with donating his organs if it can save someone else's life i'm okay with that um that was a personal choice that you know i had made and and so she made she did the rest of the call for me but once they got to the eyes i was like so i cannot even imagine cannot even imagine someone who's barely begun to live I know. and someone and having to make these decisions for you yes and so my mother took that initiative and uh but you know i'm so happy that she did because she did everything so mindful yeah and so did my aunt and i think my aunt flying in really helped have someone kind of maneuver the situation and they grabbed their, his little hands and feet and they printed them on the clay because they were like, no, Jordan needs to keep that for her son. And they grabbed his little blanket that he was wrapped in at the end. Like, you know, like, you know, no, because I wasn't in my right mind. Like, I couldn't do any of that. And I remember going on the way to, the, to see my son for the viewing. Like, only five of us showed up. It was me, Mateo, my mom, my Aunt Elizabeth, and my grandmother, Abuelita Patricia, and... Mateo's mom, Liliana. It was six of us in the room. And we were the only ones. Like, no one else showed up, you know? But I didn't want anybody really there, honestly. Those were the best people that were there. Um, And not even my dad. This affected my dad a lot. My dad couldn't even really see the baby. My dad, I remember him coming into the hospital room to give me a hug, but he didn't want to look at the baby. Like, that kind of hurt. Till this day, sometimes I think about it and it hurts. But I get it. My dad, you know... It was too hurtful for him to see his daughter suffer. So I get it, you know. Um, my first, like like I had mentioned, my first year was an up and down roller coaster. I communicated with a lot of moms who had gone through this. And that's thanks to Instagram. I know it's so cliche, but that was my outlet, like my resource to reach out to mothers uh, who had gone through this. And then um, after living my second year, I think... So on Mav's birthday now, what we do, this is like a, so a, way, a form of us healing in the process, um, we would go camping. That was our number one way of trying to reconnect as a couple. And that was all Mateo's idea. 
he's like we need to go to nature we need to go camping we need to like you know separate from like what's going on in the world so we went camping for the first time I fell in love with it I loved outdoors and like um then we made it now we're gonna we make it a tradition now so it's been three years so every July 9th like that whole week I take off work we don't work we don't work on my son's like anniversary we go camping um and we go somewhere different um so we've gone to like places that I think parents should go to is like Itchituckney Springs in Florida in Ocala Florida um we've gone to Bryson City and Deep Creek Campground um and we've gone to what's another I'm not I'm not sure the other one but it's in Tennessee um but these are this is like a way to reconnect as a couple if you've gone through child loss stillbirth like infant loss um there's moms that I've spoken to that have lost toddlers of cancer and things like that um and it affects the parents a lot you know so we've done this and and we also moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. So year number two, uh, we had gone to Tennessee with my family around Mav's birthday. Beautiful time. Um, there's a way that my son communicates to me. It's funny. It's through a ladybug. Um, and I remember asking him, like, hey, if you're here, like, show me a sign. And, and I remember I was alone with Mateo, and we were by a waterfall at the moment, and a ladybug, like, landed on my arm. Then I remember when we were going up the up like the steps we were leaving like the waterfall area I saw a rock with a rainbow on it and you know usually rainbows signify like the second baby that comes after the first one has you know been like miscarried or you know has been lost like you lose um so I saw the rainbow rock and I was like okay that's my son like he's letting me know like hey it's okay you're gonna have another one and I'm here and you know things like you know, I, I've gone through different small encounters like this. And there's been like four other times, because I count with my fingers, that my son has appeared in a ladybug when I've asked a question, you know, to kind of give me the reassurance that he's there. Um, he's even selected the place you'd be living in right Oh, now. yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, so um, about, so I've been living in Charlotte, this is going to be a, for a year, year and a half right now. So a year ago, after we had come back from Tennessee, me and Mattel were like over our life. Like everyone would ask us still about the baby. Because, you know, you run into people months later and stuff like that. And, and we're like, I can't do this anymore. Like we're falling apart. Like me and him were arguing. Like. Sometimes we were sad, sometimes we would drink, and we were just drinking just to drink, and, and you know, we noticed we weren't okay, but the good thing is that we noticed it, you know, and we're like, we want to fix it, so we sit outside the little apartment we were living at at the time in Pompano Beach, um, and we put candles, and we're like, okay, let's sit down, and like, let's, let's, like, let's just sit down and, and meditate and breathe, so we're sitting, and like, I, I'm like, I come to my sense and like, you know what, Mateo, I think we should move. We need to move. We need to get out of Miami. Like we need to be closer to nature because every time that we have gone to nature is when I feel closest to my son. Yeah, to Mav. And I was like, we need to be closer to nature. And you and I both love the mountains. And we're like, let, and he's like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Like we were like full force, like we were ready. So we took a trip um, to North Carolina to see Charlotte, to see if we wanted to live here. Cause we didn't want to go straight to the mountains cause we didn't know anybody really. So we were like, let's be like still like kind of live by a city. So we came here, we loved it. Beautiful, sunny. It was like May. Um, so it was a really nice time to be here at, you know? So we fell in love with Charlotte. Um, we come here and we're looking for apartments. Mind you, I left the apartment list at home. I didn't bring it with me, the place that we were supposed to go to. So Mateo's like, whatever, let's just like walk around and try to go off of your memory and go check out those places. Then finally, we get to one specific place and he's like, oh, let's go in that building. Let's see if we want to live there. It's called the Gibson, right? So we go inside and the whole building is based off of music. And it used to be an old recording studio where Whitney Houston recorded, 
J. Cole had recorded here, James Brown. I mean, like, we were like, what? Like, I got goosebumps coming in here because, you know, you're in that energy, in that space where these people had created, like, amazing music. So we're in there, we're looking, and then he's like, I think this is the place. So whatever. We're to get the tour. We love it, blah, blah, blah. We go outside. We check that one more place, and now we're in between two places. And I'm standing at the corner of this building. It's called the Gibson and that big intersection. And I'm like, okay, if this is the place, like, Mav's going to let us know. And Mateo was like, okay, but how do you think he's going <laughs> to let us know? Like, you think he's going to let us know right now? Like, I'm like, yeah, he'll let me know, whether it's today, tomorrow, in a dream or something, right? And Mateo looks into my, my arm and he's like, there's a ladybug inside of your sleeve, inside of your sleeve, of your sweater. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yes, that's him. He said, that's it. We're moving here. That's it. And then like, and like, of course, I got teary eyed because yeah. it's crazy how like you can be in touch with like the spirit of your son or whether it may be a family member that you're close to, your mom, your dad, you know? You know, I just, I, I guess I want to ask you, like, what kept you going? Um, okay, that's a good question, because that was a question that I would actually fight a lot with myself in the past, like, three years and a half. And I think I finally reached a breaking point in the last, like, seven months, probably. Um, I had a breaking point, you know, like, I kind of just, sometimes there's a layer of yourself that finally you peel off. And I think I peeled off that layer that was holding me down. It was a lot of sadness and anger. And, and once I peeled off that layer, because you know, I was putting in the work, I was doing my yoga and like, I started my therapy and like, I wanted to do music again. Yeah. It's something that I lacked that I was, that I had put to the side. I didn't want to do music. I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to do anything with art anymore yeah. after my son had passed. And when I spoke with Mateo, uh, this question had come up once and he's like, why, like, we went through what we went through because there's a purpose. We have a purpose to help others, to make, to change people's lives. And what keeps me going is my art, my music, my, like, my, my son in reality. Because of that experience, which I am so grateful for, I had been able to change my perspective on life and that's what drives me. How can I help other parents? How can I help other women? Whether it's through my music, because my music touches your soul and what I'm saying is real, you know? Or whether, because you know, when we're at our lowest, what do we go to? Music, right? When we're sad, what do we listen to? Music. That's what helps us go through the day. Um, and doing a clothing brand named after my son is what helps me because I'm making clothes that is comforting those who are going through a hard time. And Which is, what's the, the name of the brand? It's Lavermius. So I took my son's middle name. It's Mav. His full name was Mav Lavermius Carvajal. We took his middle name. Mateo actually made up that name while I was pregnant. He was like, I want that name. It was love. We took the word love and then Ermius. Um, Ermius stands for God will rise, hmm. which is crazy. My son rose. Mm -hmm. So we were like, that's a clothing brand. So it's you can find it at lavermius.com, like www.lavermius.com. And that clothing that I do is meant for people who have gone through trauma and grief. And um, so that's what keeps me going. And honestly, it's just a few things that keep you going, you know, because my husband, honestly, I think if he, he didn't stand by me and really push for us to like do these things, I don't think I would be doing them. I would just probably still be sad like he would fight with me every day but yeah I love that that your relationship got stronger um yeah after such a terrible um experience but like you said it's 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 a learning um experience uh for you and for him and um even for your family it's amazing what you're doing with your art and with your career and you've shared a couple of resources of, of the things that you that's helped you heal. I just want to say uh, one last thing. I I will be launching a website. It's called askaboutstillbirth.com. 
Um, and it's just a gonna, it's gonna be a resource for parents to kind of learn coping mechanisms and also a way for parents to contact each other after going through child loss, miscarriages or stillbirths. Um, so that's something that I'm gonna be launching uh, probably more towards the end of this year, but I kind of just wanted to bring awareness to that. So, I love that. Um, I just want to tell you, just continue to shine, continue to do what makes you happy. We know Mav follows you everywhere, and <laughs> even when you don't feel him, he's there every step of the way on your path and Mateo's path. And just thank you for teaching us how to cope with um, death so early on, with grief, motherhood, um, and just, you know, I'm just so honored. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paola. Do you want to know more about the resources we mentioned on this episode? Head on over to our show notes for more information. If you love this episode, share it with a friend and be sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. If you know someone with a story we should feature on The Inner Puzzle, send us a DM on Instagram at The Inner Puzzle. This has been a partnership with Leon Media Network. Until next time, keep moving the pieces to your inner puzzle. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.